following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. The Tip of the Cap podcast is brought to you by Stinger Sports, your number one source for quality sports gear. Stinger Sports, look great, feel great, play great. Visit them today online at www.stingerwoodbats.com. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. Today's episode is a pre-recorded conversation with Dan Savit from PBR New York and PBR Pennsylvania, done on Twitter live on 719. It was a Sunday night. I apologize in, in advance for the audio not being fantastic, but um, it's a great conversation, really informative, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks for tuning in. All right. I'm Derek Joswiak of, obviously, if you're watching this on Twitter live, going on the feed behind me. Of Tip the Cat podcast. I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, Dan Savit of PBR New York and Pennsylvania. And we're here to talk all the baseball. Um, Dan, how you doing, man, first and foremost? Doing doing really well. I hope I hope I hope you've had a chance to get out and play a well, little. I know you get out here on the on the adult team, so I hope you've gotten a chance to get out and play. But me, I'm doing real well. Yeah, I uh, got a couple games under my belt here, and I'm actually trying to pull up the live feed on a, on my personal account here. I'm doing real well. Yeah, I uh, got a couple games. There we go. We're getting a little feedback. Awesome. And I'm actually trying to pull up the live feed on it. All right. Well, I'm going to apologize to everybody first and foremost. I'm doing
change is national. Um, we held an event in Pennsylvania a couple weeks ago. We had uh, about 16 players commit Division One from that. The New York State games happened July 6th, 7th, 8th. That's only you know, a week and a half ago. And we've already had like 12 kids commit from that. So the, play, the college coaches are watching what we're doing. Um, the players are being put on a, a, a platform to compete. There's no guarantees that, that, that when you come to one of our events that you're going to do well enough to get um, college interested. But we're putting you on, on, a, on a really big platform, huge spotlight, and putting the recruiting, um, you know, the recruiting process in your hand, which is really important, I think. So, man, I'm, I'm working in baseball. I love it. You know it. We've talked before. It's, it really is great to stay in the game. And um, I'm fired up to talk with you about this because me, you know, me and you know, we we talk behind the scenes a lot about this, but this is important for me to continually get out and and spread the spread the seed, spread the word, and let people know. And anyone that has any questions or even you know disagrees with some stuff we're doing, we're open to listening to that and trying to get better. We're not standing here and saying, hey, we know everything. We definitely know we work hard. I know that. Well, we can get better, just like anything, and we, we can we can keep getting better um, as this goes. It's gotten better since 2014. It'll hopefully be better in 2024. Um, so that's that's my long-winded response to what's going on. <laughs> I can tell you, man. If anybody doesn't believe how hard you guys work, like pay attention to your social media accounts for a day, like during yeah. one of your events, and just see the amount of stuff that's going on, like. You know, I I got you know a, a couple texts from a couple of my guys that went to the New York uh, to New York State games, and I was getting you know I would get a text from you know one of my guys' dad saying like oh you know so and so just you know just you know, just took BP and without fail two minutes earlier I saw the video of them taking BP like it's it's unbelievable the amount like how how quick on the trigger you guys are for putting that stuff out there like so anybody doesn't believe. Like the, you know the workload, the work ethic of you and your entire team. Because I like I, I know a couple of the guys that work with you. You know, uh, between Jay Weitzel and Nick Coronado, I know helps out from time to time. You know, the guys that I've, I know personally and have played with that, and you know, even coach with. You know, I, I know these guys, and I know you know. Obviously, like I said, we've talked. And if anybody doesn't believe the work ethic, you know, I'll be the first one to stand up and be like, "No, nah, man, like just just watch." If you're not, if you don't know, open your eyes because. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I appreciate that. And, you know, like I said, we can get better. We try to get better. We take, um, we ask parents, we ask college coaches. You know, a lot, a lot of times we lean on college coaches. We ask them, what do you want? What can we do better? And, um, you know, so we're, we're really open-minded to that kind of stuff, which is really why I wanted to get on here. Because I wanted to show that we are really, really receptive to criticism and make sure that we were able to open up and talk about, you know, different things that are going on in the, the amateur baseball scene, the recruiting scene, how wild it is right now, like 1,500 kids in the transfer portal, um, how COVID-19 has changed the landscape, maybe forever. I mean, college recruiting may never go back to the way it was. And that could be a good thing. It could be a really good thing. I feel like we have adapted really fast, really quickly, and we're able to do live streaming. Can, could our live streaming be better? 100%. We're, we're learning. We're learning 
messages, you know, text messages every 10 seconds about, can you change this angle? Can you do this? Can you do that? But we're very receptive because we understand that not only are we helping the players, but we're really, really helping the college coaches. And that is, that is what's behind the scenes. That's the responses that we get behind the scenes and how grateful they are of what we're doing because the reality is this. No college coach other than a Division three or JUCO can be out recruiting. And even most of them can't be out because their school has some sort of uh, restriction in place. So without us, without us seeing 1,500 kids already in June and July in both states, who's going to know about these kids? Yeah. How, are these guys, how are these college coaches, the masses, going to know about these kids? You can argue to your blue in the face. If you're really good, you'll get seen. That might be true in some, you know, some small capacity, but the overall giant from a national standpoint is you need to get out there and put yourself on a platform. You need to be visible to everyone because why would you only want to be visible to people in your local area? Yeah. Why would you only want to be visible to the schools in New York or in Pennsylvania? Don't you want to kind of throw that cast out and see what's out there? It's a big world. It's huge. Um, you know, back in the day when I got recruited, I was in Pennsylvania, but I, I really had that, oh, I want to play South. And then I started looking into it, and I said, man, my parents would have to drive, like, 15 hours to see me play if I was in the Carolinas or if I was in Georgia or Florida. So then I started narrowing down my search. I was a really good player, but I, I then said, hey, I want to be within a certain radius. So, you know, I picked the school that was within five hours of my house because I knew if I was pitching in college, my parents would find a way to get them there. And the, and the, re- and the thing I know this to be true is that when I got into football, when I got into New York Penn League, I was stationed in Youngstown, Ohio, and it was about four and a half hours from my house in Pennsylvania. And every start that year, my parents came. They would take me out to eat at like a little diner after the game, it'd be 11 o'clock at night, and then my dad would drive home four and a half hours and go to work the next morning, my mom the same thing. So that's exactly why I decided and why I knew that was important to me, being close, because my family was so important. Um, and it's, it's why we tried to, you know, every, every event that we do, every time I talk to a a, a, a prospect, a parent, a college coach, we're thinking about those things. We're all family people. We, you know, I have four or five guys that work for me on a full-time basis that this is their livelihood. So you'll see there's arguments on Twitter. Well, you know, first off, it's sad that it's, it's gotten to that. Like people are trying to create platforms to be negative and, and, and hate on other people that are doing, you know, doing a good thing for kids. Um, it's, but it's, it's nasty. Um, you know, I try to get out and talk and be positive on my own personal platform as much as possible. And sometimes it hurts because I'm, I watch my, my employees start having to go defend themselves with people that really they don't even belong speaking to. Defend what they're doing for a livelihood because it costs money. Well, does it cost money to go eat at your local restaurant? Does it cost money to go buy shoes? 
I mean, a service is a service. You don't have to buy those Nike shoes or go eat at that restaurant. But if you decide to go there, it's going to cost them. And, you know, it's your choice. So that's one of the biggest things that bothers me is when I see my my guys who I know are out there grinding, working hard for the amateur players in my state, and I see them feeling attacked. That's why me and you have a conversation because, you know, we're like, listen, if we could just let everyone know and they truly knew what we were doing behind the scenes, post, pre, all those things, the conversation would be shifted really fast. So I appreciate you letting me get on here and rant a little bit or really be be informative. Yeah. But listen, man, like I said, after, and I'll, I'll come out and say this right off, and I told you this the first time we talked, there was a point when I was one of those, well, I'll refer to it as you know, being a high school co- a high school coach that's a, that was a hater. You know, I like, uh, uh, everybody throws 90, everybody throw, everyone, you know, sub two, everyone want, runs at least a 6-9. Like, yeah, cool, you're paying money and you're getting these stats that are probably not true. And the more I paid attention, the more I watched and learned. And after having, honestly, God, after half, like, I started to change my tune. And then I talked to you personally. And I, I'll tell you, man, I'm a believer. I, I wish something like this was around when I was playing. Because, yeah, you, you touched on it already. If you're good enough, they'll find you. Yeah. If you're, if you're throwing 90, they'll find you. If you're throwing 95, they're definitely going to find you. What about that kid that's sitting mid-80s that is 100% serviceable on a college roster somewhere, but the small college and PA that would love to have a kid like that doesn't see the kid from Wayland Cohocton, New York, because he plays, you know, Class D and is nowhere near any type of big program. So that kid doesn't get seen. Well, now they come to an event like yours, and they turn some heads, and next thing you know, a kid that was looking at, you know, hanging it up after his last high school game and maybe some Babe Ruth ball is getting a shot at the next level. You know, I'm 100% a believer. I'm 100% behind it. And that is absolutely why I, you know, I I try to defend you guys every chance I get anytime, you know, friends of mine, coaching colleagues of mine, you know, like, we, we have these conversations and I'm like, if, again, you're not paying attention. You know, you're not, you're seeing a number and going, come on. Well, you know what? I think about this. You know, he's like, I was talking to the one guy and, you know, he's like, oh, all these kids have, you know, eggs and below over 90. If that's the case, any team they're on is going to win the world championship. And I'm like, listen, man, just because a kid runs a great 60 or, you know, a great 40 and puts up 225 12 times in high school doesn't make a good football player. It's a number. It's a metric. It's a measurable. It's something that a college coach looks at and says, hey, maybe this kid's worth taking a look at. And then you see him playing a game, which is the next thing you guys offer is actual live gameplay against other college wannabe players, you know, college you guys that want to be at the next level. And how do you compete? How do you, you know, what, what do you look like in a live game, taking a live ground ball? You know, anybody can go out there and, Field the ground ball and throw it to first when it's just a nice easy hack out of fungo. But when a kid hits a, when, when a kid who's a D one commit hits a screamer at you and you make a diving play in the hole, pop up and gun him, you probably turn some heads. You know, and, and yeah. the, the things that you guys offer I think are absolutely invaluable. Um, you know, it, it, the the platform, the ability to be seen by so many people and you know, when, when I saw some of the stuff in the last couple couple weeks, and, you know, we're, we're, we're going to keep it to baseball. We're not going to touch on hard specifics. Um, you know, I, I, 
put a couple things out there myself. Like I said, I've, I've had conversations privately with people that I know that, you know, have, have had issue or taken issue with things. And, you know, at least I, I will defend this till I'm blue in the teeth or blue in the face because I, I wish I, it was around when I played. I wish more of my guys in the past could have gone and seen where maybe they could have gone that, you know, well, you know, I didn't really get a look from a college coach, so I ended up going here because it was my major. And, you know, I, you know, I went to UB, I wasn't a D1 player, but, well, listen, there's three other schools you could have went to that you could have played ball and are pretty darn good in that major as well. You know, and that's a big thing that, you know, and I'm trying, I'm personally trying to up my game as a coach to help my kids. So I'm, I try to push them to go to events that you guys hold just because that's the best way for them to get seen. So the, the first thing I want to do is I would like to, I'm going to throw this out there and then while you're answering, I'm going to go grab my laptop so I can see if people are commenting on the live Twitter feed without feedback and everything. Take us through, when you guys have an event, take us through, so it's day one of the New York State games. From the time you wake up to the time you lay back down, what does your day look like? I'll be back in two seconds. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully a few of my guys are, are, are listening to this song. We'll actually start months before the New York State game. We, when we put out the invites, um, basically it starts there. We have to we have to put rosters together. Um, we have to figure out the logistics of how the event going to operate. We have to figure out, um, you know, shirts and hats and things that seem simple, but when rosters are changing almost daily. And then you get thrown a pandemic that none of us have ever been a part of. The uncertainty of the event, the locations, um, you know, formats, regulations, all of those things happen this year. And I hope some of my guys are listening because I, I in Pennsylvania and New York, we also ran two of the most um, logistically insane events. Um, Close to, close to a thousand players between the two states over six days. Um, so much went into that. Um, I always joke and I say parts of my soul are ripped out at these events. It's it's true. I mean, I don't think people know what goes into it. We get a call ten days before the event and they say we can't. A player says we can't make the event, and then I get another call. We had eighty changes due to travel restrictions, due to injuries, 80 changes in the New York State games in a seven-day window. When you have 24 teams on a roster, one change creates problems. Now you have a domino effect. This is all before we operate the event, before we scout, before we use social media, before we do anything. We had 11 people working on this event for many months. And it, you know, it's, it's not just amateur baseball, it's a real business um, where we take many, many steps to be good, to be efficient, to be effective for, you know, the players, to have a good service. So when we actually get to the event, I'll tell you, now, I'll start now with answering the question. I want to give a little bit of background, but absolutely, I love it, man. So we get, so we get to the, we get to the, uh, the fields. Um, I'll, I'll just do Portland because that one's most familiar. It just happened a couple weeks ago. 
We get there, 6 o'clock in the morning. We had 28 staff members. We all have to be on the same page. Two fields operating. We use TrackMan now, which is um, the industry leader in ball flight app. Um, only Major League Baseball and a few other colleges and then us around the country have TrackMan. So we we have to set set the TrackMan up. And guys, that's a whole other ballgame. You, you have to set it up at a certain, you know, this and that, distance, height. It has to be calibrated the correct way. There's a lot of things that you have to do to go into that. So now we're setting that up. Everyone's got to be operating the same way. We got the check-in. Everyone's got masks on. We have hand sanitizer. Now we can have to check temperatures. All these things that we've never had to do before just compounds. It just keeps compounding. Um, but we 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 able we able just to to come up with a really good plan. You know the headshots are going on. Players are checking in. We're making sure that these fields are set up. Two fields to go. We have live stream on both on both fields, which is something we've never done. Live stream to 179 colleges around the country. That's insane. To think that we had to make a quick pivot and find how we could do to do live stream and get colleges on board. That was a really challenging time. Um, probably the most challenging time I've ever been. Um, I've, I've ever experienced within PBR was how, how can we do this? How can we still make this um, really good for the players? Okay, we know we're going to social media kill it, but how can we have college coaches watching that aren't allowed to be there? So we came up with that. Now we're using blast motion on the end of bats, which is, it's all technology, so if something goes wrong, if an internet signal isn't right, we're in trouble. So we have to have really good internet. So we have hot spots everywhere. To the people that don't know, those are a monthly charge that we never had. We had four of them running at Cortland. Um, more staff than we've ever had to have at the back. Um, the players get there, finally everything's checked in, we're, we're set up, and we start two basically player workouts at the same time. 60s on both fields at the same time, laser 60s. Hard to argue with a laser 60. Um, and, and we get that. We take videos of the 60s because if we do get that complaint, I can say, hey, we use lasers, but you know what? I'll do you one better. I will go back and I will physically, or Jared or Joe, one of my guys will go back and physically watch this, you run the 60 on video and we will time it 100 times and give you the best time that we get. And see, that's what people, we go above, we don't have to do that. We can just say, you know what? If this is your time, deal with it. But no, we go back and we say, okay, we're going to go back and we are going to look at the video and try to make sure that we are not putting a bad number out there for you. So then, so we do the 60s. Once the 60s are done, we start BP. Now, BP is done on TrackMan. It's being videoed. It's being live streamed. It looks like a, a mini movie going on at my events now. It's, it's pretty crazy. Um, I think there's like four iPads going uh, two cameras, internet hotspots everywhere, wires everywhere. It's it's pretty crazy. Um, but we're using TrackMan. So now your exit velocity is off the TrackMan. So yeah, if, if there's a 90, there is no debate. It is 90 because it's coming from the best ball play data we have, period. Okay? It's also telling you launch angles, and it's showing you hot zones and red zones. So... The player's able to go back and look at that and then say, take it to his hitting coach. 
12 pitches set. What do you think? And you know what? It's a great player development tool. That's why it's in the big leagues. That's why it's in all of the minor leagues. Because it really does help the players develop and see their weaknesses, look at their strengths. You know, as simple as I don't hit the outside pitch very well, so instead of practicing it, I'm just going to lay off it. So I'm going to know my zone as a hitter. Um, so we go to B, we go to BP. Then we move directly into defense. Once defense is done, during defense, one of the big ones is pop times. We've talked about it. You even admitted that you were a naysayer of the pop times because how can these guys throw better than major leaguers, right? How can they do it? It's not possible. So this has bothered me because that was always the one for me. Like, hey, I'm getting a one nine on this guy. I don't know. But that's what it is. Well, obviously catchers know they're throwing the second in the showcase. They're kind of cheating. They're standing up. They might be a little closer, right? They might set up a foot closer. Now, you have to understand, these players are there to try to impress college coaches, to impress my staff, to look as good as they possibly can. So I can't I can't take that out on a, on a, on a player for trying to do something that's going to make them look better. But we also have to take in context what's going on. It's a showcase. Yeah. Right. If we know what's happening. So I always say now, and that's criticism that I took, and I took it serious. If we had you at a 1-9, that's in a showcase setting. That's probably a 2-0-9 in a, in a game. You probably, we look more at the arm strength now. If they're throwing 70, 75, 76 or better, that's a really good arm at the high school level. How's their footwork? You know, how's that look? How they run? What was their 60 time? You know, you can tell some athleticism. We don't just, you know, look at players as only a number. There's things that the puzzle kind of gets put together by the numbers because that's the world we live in. But we also, I'm a baseball guy. I don't have, like, guys I picked up from the Best Buy Geek Squad evaluating players. Like, that's, <laughs> the whole, that's always blowing my mind. But, like, we're all baseball guys. Right. That's what we do. We, I mean, we've played baseball our whole lives at high levels, college or professional. You know, so we've seen really good players. I mean, I, I've seen so many batting practices. I can, I mean, it's insane how many batting practices I've shagged over an 11-year career. Um, so you see, you know, when you hear when you hear a ball come off someone's bat differently, you know, you you know what that sound is. You know Absolutely. what that swing is. So it's you know we we know that we're not guessing. Um, but then after all that happens, all the stuff's done, then we go into a game. And this is a 16 to 17 inning game. And it's it's a challenge. It's hard for the players. It's hard for my staff. It's, it's, it's 88 degrees, 90 degrees. There's no shade in Cortland, so you're just a lobster. And I mean, we got like seven, eight tents set up there. The cameras are like smoke coming off them. It's 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 wild. But at the end of the day, it's the best because my guys, they see a picture of 82, 83, 84. You can see the energy coming. These guys. Hey, Savit, did you see? Did you see that kid? He's 87. And I sit back behind there, and they just go and they do their thing. And once in a while, I'll go out and grab something. But these guys know what to do. And being on social media has changed the game for us because that's not even part of the showcase. I, and that's 
in my mind, like, I'll get an email that says, oh, you didn't do, you didn't, you know, how come my son didn't get a social media post? And I'm like, listen, I wish we could do every player, but we honestly can't. Number one, we're, we're scouts, so we want to make sure that we're putting something out that, that was enticing to us that we like. So it's not going to be every single player, or not every player is going to have their best showing at a showcase. Um, but if it's something we like, generally we'll put it out. But also, it's very, very challenging to do that. I had two guys on each field. Their only job was scouting social media posts. We were averaging a hundred a day. So and I, I, I know I tried to I tried to retweet almost every one. We had like two point one million views. Oh my god! In two days. That's so insane. I I just think man, it's 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 really tough to challenge that when you have one hundred and seventy nine colleges watching. They're giving the players a full workout with TrackMan Baseball, blast motion, live stream, video goes in their profile later. Eventually they'll have a scouting report. I apologize to anybody. We are, those are like the last parts. We have to wait for videos to get that, so they take a while, but you will have one. Your numbers will be updated so the college can see you in one area. You don't shake your, your own little resume. It's, how do you try to pick a hole? How do you try to pick that apart? That that I don't understand because the reach, the visibility these players are getting is unrivaled, and you know it, it's just unmatched. It's not even close. And we know we should let some of that go into the rug because you're always going to have haters. We talked about this when you first started the, the, the podcast. I was like, man, this is awesome. I love you. Like, listen. Some love it, and I'm getting haters and people. You know, I'm like, listen, that's going to happen in anything you do, and it's true. I came from such a small town in Pennsylvania. My high school graduated 32 kids. You would be shocked to know how many people wanted me to fail. Like someone in our little town was getting success, was having success, was getting accolades, was the Pennsylvania Player of the Year, was drafted in the third round. Man, I hope I hope he gets injured. I hope he I hope he fails. You know, because they're miserable. Because they're not living a positive life. And you know, we can't we can't change that. That's 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 just society. That's what we live with. But it, it as I said earlier, it does it does bother me when I see my guys feel like they need to go out and defend themselves because they know what they're doing. I mean, I had my guys Teddy and Greg in um, Pennsylvania, they they were literally scouting from sunup to sundown. I mean, I mean, if you go look at the article that we did, there's probably 200 scouting tweets over uh, the course of two days, three days. So it's it's just hard. It's just it's, it's frustrating that people try to pick that apart because it's like, what what do you what do you want us to do? What else could we possibly do? Um, and and you know what? If it's something good, we probably we probably try to do it. Right. Yeah, we really do. Social media is not part of this. That's a bonus. That's extra. That's because we know people are watching. But if you come, if you're paying for a service, the service is the showcase. It, it gets the video put in your profile. It's to have a one-stop shop for you to then send a child's coaching. It's not for you to get a tweet. It's not for us to go out of our minds and, and, and cover it like we do. That is a bonus because I am so passionate, and my team is so passionate about helping the amateur play. Because honestly, man, there wasn't much of this when I played, 
my parents had a date in Florida and all over the East Coast just so a few colleges could see me. And so when I say, you know, I threw 88, 90 in high school, smack down, no one knew who I was until my parents started taking me out. And that's the truth, the reality that a lot of people that sit on here on Twitter and say, you don't need showcases, you don't need travel tournaments, don't play, you know, local, and if you're good enough, you'll get committed, you'll both play, yada, yada, yada. Those things are not real. They're just not true. Yes, there's always going to be one-off cases, okay? But I'm, I'm living proof right now that I needed showcases. I needed a showcase for people to see me. I needed college camps for colleges to see me. It was... That was in 2000 and 2001. We're 20 years later. Right. So we did that. So that's kind of a wrap. I needed to showcase in 2001, and I was a third-round draft pick. So that's what reality is. So a lot of this crap on Twitter, that's not reality. That's people's agendas. <laughs> the reality is these things are good if they're done right, and there's a lot of bad ones. So I understand that, but we're not one of them. We are working very hard to be an amateur player, and we have a really good conscience because of that. Yeah, man, I mean, I, that, that covered well more than uh, <laughs> I, I even expected it to. That was fantastic. Um, you know, that's just diving into the entire thing. Just the entire idea from sunup to sundown, what you guys do, what you guys offer, um, you know, then, then to find out that the, you know the, the social media coverage on it is just something extra you guys throw in because you can, and because social media is such a prevalent thing in our lives these days, it's just I, I don't think people realize what like what goes into all of this. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that part. Um, now, some things that, you know, I know we, we talked about a little bit that guys were, you know, some of the things that guys were commenting on, um, some of those things being like, oh, well, you know, the, the big one being, it, it costs money for college coaches to see the showcase stuff. Um, and I, I, I saw you actually reply to something along those lines the other day, um, would you mind touching on that, or is that, you know? Well, can, you, can you repeat that again? Sorry, I, I feel like I hear us getting a little feedback on my end. Um, so can you comment on guys saying how it costs money for college coaches to And I started looking into, you know, what what this costs. You know, and it, it was it was it was eye opening, and it was very expensive. I don't I don't think people understand that. So we already had these events built without live streaming factored in, and it became really clear that we needed to um, try to find a way to get that expense back if we were going to upfront pay for all the equipment, pay the monthly charges pay the third party that hosts the live streaming. They take a huge percentage of the up, up, up front. So we had to figure out 
you know, what were we going to do? And I knew we had to offer for the players, no doubt. So I didn't care about the upfront cost. I just wanted to make sure that we were being fair to, um, you know, college coaches with the price. So we came up with $200. So let me explain what that $200 is. That $200 is for PBR New York events until December 31st. Pennsylvania events. That's Kentucky, Ohio, Michigan, Canada, New England. I think I said Pennsylvania, but if I didn't, Pennsylvania. Indiana. All of their events. Okay. Every event, we send out a, a, a coaches packet that has electronic information on the players that are attending the event. So for, for $200, the coach was getting all of these showcases, roughly 200 showcases they would be able to watch or go back and watch later in a video ball, you know, a, a replay situation. Contact information on all the players um, for $200. So at the end of it, when we looked at it, we, we thought $200 was right, and then it started happening, and we saw, we, we saw what the costs were, um, and we knew you know, two weeks into it that we were going to lose. We were not going to come out on the, on, the, on the green side of this deal. So I think that's why some of us really are upset about, you know, people coming at us and saying, why would you charge college coaches during a pandemic? Well, listen, we're going through the same pandemic. We're just trying to figure out and navigate our way through some rough waters. We didn't, we didn't plan the expense of live streaming. You know, full disclosure, just in New York, it was $4,000 of equipment, just for New York. Okay, that's not Pennsylvania. All these states had to do that, you know. So it's super expensive, and um, the cost of coming to the New York State games for a college coach outside of the area would be four to $500, without question. That's for three days. They can watch all those states, all these events, whenever they want, for 200. So I don't think the college coach has any leg stand on it. We're making their jobs much easier in a really bad time. And that's the majority. I mean, I'm talking the strong majority of the college coaches that I talk to. And I'm talking some, to some really big time schools. They're super appreciative. Um, it's a really rare occasion where someone like actually has a problem with us helping them recruit. Um, so the expense, you know, we're not going to make our money back. Um, we're trying to college because we need to try to cover some of that expense that we're taking on to help them. Um, that's as simple as it can be. We weren't going to add more more cost to the players. You know, so there's only two options here: add more money on the players or charge the college coaches. We chose we chose the path of going, you know, at the college coaches because they're not gonna be out recruiting. They're not gonna be out spending those money that money. And yes, a lot of them have their budgets froze, but you know, that was not I mean that's just not something that we have the ability to, to really control. So a lot of colleges went ahead and covered themselves or you know they they really get their budget unfrozen or this purchase. So it's been I mean 
mean, we've had great feedback, unbelievable feedback. Rarely you hit, you have negative feedback from a coach. You might get it from someone who doesn't really understand what goes on behind the scenes, and that's what Twitter is, right? I mean, that's literally what Twitter is. People that don't know what they're talking about, yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, I, I had a list of things planned out to ask you, and you pretty much hit them all in the head throughout the whole thing. So uh, we actually, part of our uh, part of our feed cut out there for like two seconds, so I got up and came back. And um, But we are back up and running. Is there anything else um, you wanted to cover, you wanted to talk about? Like I said, I, I had a few things planned, and you covered it all. So, you know, do you... I, I, I know you were fired up by it, so. I just want everyone uh, that, that, that appreciates what we're doing to know that we're, we're going to continue um, working extremely hard. We don't take this for granted. Um, you know, we, we know it's amateur sports, so we're very um, aware that, you know, it's, a, it's an industry that's kind of getting out of control. We have our finger on the pulse. We're going to work hard. We're going to help players. We're going to cover the high school season for free, always. That's never going to change. We're going to go out and cover high school tournaments, travel tournaments. We're going to cover the junior college season. That's at no cost to anyone other than me. And we're going to run events that are professional, organized, and deliver on what we say we're going to deliver on. And those are the only things that I can control and that I can make sure that my staff controls. And I, I believe because we do that, because I'm willing to talk and you can see the, where the passion comes from, that's why we've had success. I could have named a hundred different organizations right now that are my competitors, and I could have went down that road. That would never be the road that I go because I always, I know this, and I was told this from a young age from my grandfather. If you outwork your competition, you don't have competition. If you outwork your competition. And it's, a, it's the same thing I try to deliver to the players. You know, just because this kid's getting attention, you know, doesn't mean that you can't work hard enough to get that same sort of attention. It doesn't, just because the guy next year, the guy behind you, in front of you, don't worry about what they're doing. Worry about what you can control if you work hard, good things are going to happen in this game, in life, right? Like, there's people that don't want to work, and there's people that love working. Right now, at my age, I love what I'm doing, and so the passion is there. And if it, if it ever ends, if I don't have this passion, I will get out of the game completely. But I'm going to stay in this game, and I'm going to try to help young players throughout the two states and hopefully around the country. Um, as long as I can, that's that's how that's how I'm gonna that's how I'm gonna operate. That's how my guys will operate, and I'm gonna try to come on a ship with you every six months and just talk baseball. That's what I want to do. So save me a spot in six months. Listen, man, you want a spot tomorrow? You got it. I, I will do this. I will do this with you any opportunity I get. Um, please, I, I I love this. I love the back and forth. I, I will talk baseball. Till I'm blue in the face, and my girlfriend is more than appreciative for guys like you because that she doesn't have to hear it. You know, she's not hearing it right now, and she's not happy with me. But 
you know, she understands it. She understands my passion for it. So, you know, it's, it's like I said, I, I will 100% of the time do this. Anytime you want, you are always welcome to be on the show. And I mean, like I said, man, if you ever need help in any event in West New York, anywhere I can get to, if you ever need a body or need to kind of help out with anything, don't be afraid to ask, man. I'm always down to help with stuff like this. Because the reason I started this whole thing was to make baseball better and to help kids out, and that's what I'm trying to do. So, I appreciate that, man. I, I think it's I think what you're doing is great. I'm always a big fan, and Western Western New York has, has a ton of a ton of great players. We've seen so many since I started this um, six years ago. So many great players out of Western New York. So I got a lot of love. One of my first events was in Western New York, so I love the gritty, blue-collar type of people that are in Western New York. Sometimes they get a little off the hinges, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's a lot of love and respect. It really is. And there's so many people up there that, like, behind the scenes, I have love and respect for. And some of them are people that might have said negative things about us, but I still have a lot of respect for them because I know the body of work that they've done in their career. And, and I know that, so I, I appreciate it. So, hey, keep spreading the word for us in your area. Um, there's always a new group of kids coming through that need the right information. And um, we're going to keep working hard, and I know we're going to cross paths again soon. So if I don't see you, save a spot, six months, talk about, you know, hopefully the Major League Baseball season. So Yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. There, there's rumor that the Blue Jays are going to be in Buffalo. So that, that, that can be right. exciting, too. So. But, all right, man, I think uh, I think we're going to wrap this up. But for anybody who maybe tuned in late or whatever, I'm going to end up um, taking this and putting it on an actual audio podcast, which will be on the BICBP radio network, which simply through joining that group of wonderful human beings, uh, my the podcast had over a thousand organic listens last month, so that increased the visibility of it more than tenfold. So, you know, my, my best episode, I think, had done 180-something at the time, and now I'm over 1,000 just by joining this group of guys that just helps promote and plug to anybody and everybody. And, you know, it's, it's great to see. It's another group of hardworking guys that just love what they do. So, you know, it's uh, – like I said, Dan, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. I'm sure we'll cross paths sooner than later. And worst-case scenario, we'll do this again in six months. All right, man. All right, brother. Thank you. Thank you.